Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Shaka Hirsop and Stevie Nicker. We're going to kick things off in La Liga. What a match it turned out to be between Real Madrid and Almeria. Now, Almeria haven't won a game all season. They are rock bottom of the table, yet less than a minute on the clock they would take the lead. And it would be 2-0 before the break after a brilliant strike from Gonzalez. And then the game would explode into life from a Real Madrid perspective after half-time. A controversial penalty would be awarded. Handball against Almeria. How it looked like Jose Lu was fouling him as he handled the ball. Bellingham steps up and takes the penalty. Almeria then scored to make it 3-1. However, a foul in the build-up on Bellingham would see the goal chalked off. Real Madrid then get the equaliser from Vinicius Jr., which initially would be chalked off a handball. The referee would look and decide that he comes off his shoulder. And then a late, late goal from Carvajal would see Real Madrid get the comeback, take all three points and continue their quest to win La Liga title. Almeria players not happy after the game, suggesting that maybe the referee was on Real Madrid's side. Uh, Luis Garcia joins us uh, to reflect on what we saw uh, in that game. Luis, how aggrieved would you feel if you were an Almeria player going to bed tonight? Oh, yeah, of course. Very frustrated, I'm sure, of that. And um, not only them, but you can see that there are a lot of people already talking into the media. We even heard from Xavi, the manager of Barcelona, uh, making a comment about it. And um, I understand. Not all, I don't think, I'm not saying that uh, all the VAR situations have been wrong, but I think that at least one or even maybe two, they could have been calling in, in a better way. And I understand that if you're Almeria with uh, the bad year that you're having, maybe this one is going to give you a little bit of hope to continue working until the end of the season. And once you arrive there and you think that you almost have it, uh, you find yourself in a position like this one with the referee may making calls and maybe uh, you cannot see it the same way. So, yeah, frustrated for sure. Uh, which for you was the worst decision, Luis? I think that the worst one was uh, the, the, the handball of uh, Vinicius. I think that in the way that you show to the referee, in the way that you see the, the, the image, I think that you can call that one uh, a handball. Um, it's true that from behind, that is not for sure. Uh, when you see it it's straight from a camera in front of the, of the play, you can see that he hits the ball. On this one, you can't even see, yeah, from here you can see that it's the shoulder, it looks like shoulder, here you can see it even more clear. That is uh, almost the elbow who, who made contact, the, the movement of Vinicius uh, Junior moving forward. And for me, the worst part is that someone is making the referee refereeing again. And that's something that I'm, I'm not uh, in favor of. If you made a decision and someone from the VAR calls you and say that they saw it in a different way, but you don't see 100% that it's a, a shoulder or, or a handle. So if, if you are not 100%, I don't know why VAR is getting involved and calling the referee to try to rewrite what he already uh, called it. Uh, should we bring in our favorite stick man? Uh, to illustrate why, in fact, the officials decided to allow the goal because obviously the laws were changed, weren't they? In the sense that the green bit is all right, the red bit isn't, just to make that 100% right. okay. clear. Uh, but, Shat, you still believe it's the wrong decision? Yeah, listen, I, I think you get, two, you get two looks at the two different angles and it, it, from one, it looks like it hits the top of the shoulder. From, from the other, it looks like it hits a little bit lower down the arm. So the ruling on the field was handball. And I think to overturn that ruling, you need, to, it, you need to be absolutely certain, it needs to be concrete and conclusive that no part of the arm was touched. There's an angle to me that suggests 
the arm, the arm was touched, so therefore, stick with the ruling on the field. Well, suggest doesn't hack it, does it? You've just shown stick, man. It looks to me like that's where it hit. Right. So the, the rule's the rule. <laughs> Listen, I will say, had that been the other way around, there's no way Almeria were getting the goal. Right. Let's just make that clear. Right. But I can see how it was given. Yeah. And why it was given. To, uh, to your question, I, I, I thought the most egregious of the calls was the foul on Jude Bellingham for, for the disallowed yes. Almeria goal. Just explain, explain that from a player's perspective. Listen, I, I think as a defender, if you're closing someone down, especially coming in uh, on the movers as Jude Bellingham uh, was, you get, you, you get low. And, and it, it does also seem like Jude Bellingham slips a little bit, which takes his natural body movement a whole lot lower. Now, as someone in possession, comfortable possession in midfield, with, with an, a, a defender coming behind you, you extend your arm to hold that player off. Now, you're expecting your arm to land somewhere around the middle of the chest. Right. But because Bellingham is low, because he slips, it catches him in the face, but that's, that's not on, on the player in possession. That's not on the Almeria, uh, on Almeria player. So, play allowed to, to, to go on. Um, to, 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 to call that back for me, I, I, again, I, as, as, uh, as Lewis describes it, re-refereeing the game, VAR is, is interjecting in, in circumstances that he has, uh, well, they have absolutely no, no need to. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. If you, if you make contact with your opponent in the face and your arm's above your shoulder, right. then that's, that's one yeah. thing. But when your arm's actually below your shoulder... It's actually the responsibility of, 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 of the player who's closing you down not to be in that position. It's got nothing to do with, with, with the foul that was given in this, in this particular case. And it should have been an easy decision. Because, as I said, it's dead simple. If your arm's below your shoulder, mm -hmm. you, you, you can't possibly be hitting somebody in the face. What's the face doing there? Luis, what is the face doing there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's totally right, and, and I understand. But it's true. That this year uh, La Liga it was very um, uh, ahead of this kind of, uh, of faults. And in the moment that a player feels the hand of, uh, of someone else, it doesn't matter if he's down, if he's high, just bring your hands to your face, go on the floor, and he's going to be given the fault and also a yellow card. And we've seen it. I have to say that I'm not saying that I agree with it because I totally understand what uh, they are saying, the guys are saying, but. That's the way he's been doing for the whole season. And I've seen it in every single game. Every single time that someone tried to see where the other opponent is and hits the face or totally with the face, or not even the face, the neck, and the, and the player goes and drops to the floor, it's a fall. So I understand that he's been called that way. Uh, Luis, just one last thing. Did you think it was a foul from Hoselu for the handball penalty? Yeah, I think so. And I think so that because of that small push, because at the end we're going to, uh, I think it was Rafael who mentioned, who is going to say it's a big or a, or a small push. At the end, it's the player who is involved. When you feel that push, you move forward. And when you move forward, you, cannot, you are not in control of your arms. So the arm is all going to open a little bit. The balls come this way, so it's a handball. But I think that before the handball, it's a push from behind. This is amazing. We couldn't have done that any better. Mm. The visual of seeing the push and then right away we see the referee giving it the goal, it, you just scratch your head. Yeah. It's incredible. It's so clear and obvious, but they don't see it or they don't want to see it. Uh, in the end, though, it was a valid goal that would win the game and a brilliant goal as well that would start uh, from Jude Bellingham with that crossfield pass, Stevie. 
Yeah, I mean, as I said, when we showed the goal, it's it's well constructed, um, and you and you you got to give them credit. As we know, Real Madrid just don't shut down. They just keep going at it. They always believe, and this is a great example. It's not a it's not a panic ball into the box. It's absolutely played to Bellingham, who absolutely hits it into another area where he thinks somebody should be running. And Carvajal makes that run and puts it home. Well constructed and a good goal. Carlo Ancelotti took responsibility for that poor first half performance, uh, saying that he picked the wrong team. He didn't realise how tired some of the players were after that extra time defeat against Atletico Madrid. They're out of the cup now, obviously, Lewis, and they've got a big week rest, basically, until Las Palmas. But a game against Las Palmas without Jude Bellingham. Yes, but I think even like that, uh, Jude Bellingham needs a rest. Uh, Ancelotti mentioned it, and we talked about it also during the program, saying that they just had uh, extra time, and a week ago they were playing another extra time, and they played El Clasico uh, also during that week, and most of the players have been involved in those games, and not only you get drained physically, but also mentally, so it was a difficult to, to, to face a team like Almeria, that they were going to be intense, even if you play at home, uh, but bring to that level to the mentality of uh, Real Madrid every single day, it wasn't going to be easy. But at the end, that's the way they, they, they play. That's the mentality that they have until the last minute. They're going to keep fighting. So uh, it's Real Madrid. Now they can rest and they're going to need it because it's, it's coming until Atletico Madrid is in two weeks. Mm -hmm. They got two games that probably is going to be an easy ones. With Real Madrid winning, pressure on Girona then to get the victory at home again. So Sevilla to go back to the top of the table despite falling behind early on in this tie. They absolutely destroyed Kike Sanchez Flores' side, beating Sevilla by five goals to one, meaning they are one point clear once again at the top of La Liga table. Uh, for more on this, let's welcome in Charlie. Luis Garcia is with us. Luis, Girona are so impressive because once again we see them go behind. They don't panic, they stick to the plan. And this plan is working so well at the moment. We talked a lot about this Girona and what Mitchell is doing with them. And it's a joy to watch, to be honest. This is uh, the kind of games that we would like to, to show to the kids. The way that they move, the way they help each other. The, the way they are uh, uh, calm when they are under pressure. Even going back on the score, they, like you just mentioned, they stick to the plan. They continue playing the same way. They score four goals, but it doesn't matter. They continue doing the same way. And I thought that Sevilla was going to, to put a, a good performance today. I thought the intensity that Kike Sanchez Flores has brought to the team was going to do well. And they did, but also only for 15 minutes. I think that that's what it lasts, that intensity, that pressure that they tried to put. Because after that, it was Girona all the way. They dominated, they created the chances, they scored the goals. They are in a, in a fantastic moment. And we've been waiting for Girona to drop a little bit, to go slow down a little bit. But I'm not sure if that's going to happen because the way today, the, the best player on the field uh, today was uh, Dovic mm. because he scored three goals. But it's very difficult to find uh, uh, one that we cannot point at because Cotto was magnificent, Savino was magnificent, Gutierrez was magnificent. So all the team, the whole team is doing a great job and I think that it's going to last until at least the few months, a few weeks after the, the end of the season. What's interesting, Luis, like after that 0-0 draw last weekend against Amaru, we thought, oh, here we go. This is what we've been waiting for. Cracks are starting to appear. Then they beat Rio <laughs> in the Copa del Rey convincingly. Obviously, they get that victory now over Sevilla. They've got Mallorca coming up in the quarterfinals of the Cup as well. It's this momentum that Michel has built from the very start of the season. And from what we've seen over the last couple of games, it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. 
Yeah, exactly. And totally right. When I saw that, that draw against a team that has been so popular during the season, I thought maybe this is the moment where they're going to drop down a little bit. It's the second part of the season. They're going to have, I think it is seven games in the next month. So that's a lot. They're going to have to, uh, um, to change and rotate. But as you could see against Sevilla tonight, they changed a few of the players. Uh, as you can see in the second half, uh, the players who come in into, into the last maybe 20 minutes, they did exactly the same thing. They know the patterns, they know what they have to do, they know the intensity they have to bring, and they know that they need to be patient. And the goals arrived. That last pass from uh, Gutierrez to, 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 to Estuani, that movement to arrive and to cross, and with, even without uh, being Estuani in that position, he knows that he's going to arrive. Those are the moments, those are the mechanisms that this Girona is using and they are working so well. So, yeah, I think it's a joy to watch and we need to continue enjoying them. Elsewhere in La Liga, Barcelona defeated Real Betis by four goals to two, but it wasn't all plain sailing for Xavi's side. In fact, Barca were 2-0 up. A quick brace from Isco would make it 2-2. Then Jao Felix came off the bench and scored an absolute waldy before Ferran Torres completed his hat-trick to make it 4-2. Let's hear now from Xavi and Jao Felix. Tell me a little bit about the, the, the moment for you, the importance for, for you of scoring, scoring the fourth goal. You didn't start the game, you came on and scored a really, really good goal. Have these been difficult weeks for you? Uh, this is football. Sometimes you are in a good moment, uh, sometimes you are not. The important is keep, keep working, uh, have confidence in yourself. Uh, that's what I do. I work every day to be, to be a better player, to be a better teammate. And I'm here to help, even if it's to start uh, in the starting 11 or come on, come, come on from the bench. Uh, I'm here to help and to be happy. In the starting 11 tonight in the Barcelona team, there are two players who are only 16. What's the key piece of advice that you would give them? Uh, they just need to, to enjoy the moment, uh, keep their feet on the ground. It's the most important. But both are, are great kids. Uh, they have good support from the, from the team, from, from the club, from everyone. Uh, and we, we, the old guys, are here to take care of, of them and they are in good hands. Yeah, now I'm old. I saw, I was going to the match and I saw four players on my, on my front and I start counting and I'm older than, than, the, than, four, than four. So yeah, now I'm getting old, uh, but in a good moment. Xavi, um, can you enjoy a game like that or is there too much tension? <laughs> but it's normal, we are competing, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a passionate guy uh, and we are in a difficult moment, obviously, in, in La Liga. If today, uh, imagine that we draw or we, we had lost, it was, it was a big problem, but it's a big uh, win. I think uh, we play really well. Uh, we were comfortable on the pitch. It was a pity to concede two goals in, in a few minutes. But I think the team uh, will uh, play it really, really good, really good today. I'm really happy and really satisfied with the performance of the, of the player and the personality after uh, we concede two goals. When Ferran scored his third goal, he came over and gave you a big hug on the touchline. What did you say to him? What did he say to you? And how does it make you feel to see a player like Ferran, after all the doubts around him, to kind of respond as well as he's responded this season? I think he's the most positive guy that I, I've seen in my career because, uh, you know, uh, he was criticised a lot uh, last season uh, when he signed for uh, Barcelona and uh, uh, he changed totally himself uh, the, the situation. So I'm, I'm really happy for him. I say to him that, that he will score a trick. 
Did you? <laughs> That's why, yeah, during the game. So, yes, because I believe in him, he's positive. Now he's in a good performance. He believes in himself and everybody believes in, in him. So, really happy, really happy for him today. Luis, that's the happiest we've seen Xavi for a while. And in that second half, you just felt all the cracks appearing that we discussed over recent weeks. Betis getting that equaliser slowed everything down. And Barca looked so vulnerable. And in the end, it's Jao Felix, as I mentioned, hasn't got, you feel, 100% trust from his coach who comes on and saves the day. Yeah, exactly. It was the Barcelona of the old times where they look vulnerable, they look out of, of, of pace because it was only the last 50 minutes, the first 15 minutes of the second half where Barcelona uh, dropped the intensity, dropped of doing what they were doing the first 45. Then it was just put pressure on, uh, on the players of Real Betis, not allow them to turn, not allow them uh, to, to even create. And, and that lack of intensity is that will produce the, the, the goals for Betis. And Joao Felix, we all know, I can tell you that 90% of uh, players won't score that goal. I can tell you, but that's a pure talent. That's something that uh, you cannot practice. That's something that you cannot even uh, think about. It's something that uh, it comes from inside and uh, just a few players can, can think about scoring a goal in that situation. Much more when you don't have the confidence 100% of your manager, you are not getting involved. There is a lot of doubt, a lot of people talking about it, and you get into the, into the game. And what you try to do is the best and try to do it easy. And your fellas have that confidence on himself, that talent, who allowed him to control, have a look and hit that ball with the out of the, uh, of the foot. That is something, um, trust me, very, very difficult. So if he has that talent and if he's only one in a million players who can do it, why isn't he starting every game, Luis? Yeah, because there is a lot of work. He just mentioned that he wants to become better, better and then continue working hard every day. I think he needs to continue working on the, in the mental side of the game. There are moments where you are not playing the same way and you, need, <clears throat> excuse me, you need to bring something different into the field. And what is that, that difference? Is what I was talking about Ferran Torres. When Ferran Torres was criticized and wasn't um, uh, having a good chances in front of the goal, he wasn't capitalizing the chances, he was continuing working and running and pressing and giving something extra to, to the team. And that's why uh, Joao Felix, in the moment that the things no, were not going on his side or he wasn't performing the way he was expected, he dropped down. He wasn't the same player. He wasn't as intense as Xavi needs to be. And, well, it was Ferran Torres who, uh, who got his position. And right now it's difficult to, to remove him because he's scoring goals, he's assisting, and he's continuing working. So Joao Felix is, needs to continue learning about that side of the game. It's not only about football. It's not only about the talent. There are a, a, a psychological aspect of football that you need to uh, work very well and need to head very clear. It's interesting. I remember talking when Jurgen Klinsmann was on, I asked him about Leroy Sané, mm. who, who we see brilliant moments from him, but in other games, you know, he's anonymous. And Klinsmann said, he's the sort of player that gets you sacked yeah. as a coach. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Um, you have to rely on the other players uh, more than anything else. You know, when... You know, for example, you know, if Barcelona are winning every week, 2-3-0, and, mm -hmm. and maybe Felix is not scoring or not contributing, you can afford to then just leave them and let them play through it. But when your team's struggling a little bit, you need everybody to be helping out. You can't carry any passengers. And the truth of the matter is, is that at Atletico Madrid, the reason he didn't play was because when he wasn't at it, he was a passenger. Right. And I understand what Luis is talking about, he needs to change his mental attitude, but the fact is, he's now fallen into the same trap at Barcelona because he doesn't contribute anything.
nothing other than when he's assisting or scoring goals. And if he's not doing that and your team's struggling, you can't play him. You have to play somebody who may not be as talented, but who works, who will be in a position defensively, who will chase back, who will at least get in a position where he's helping the team. Unfortunately, as talented as Jao Felix is, he doesn't do any of that when he doesn't have the ball. Jao Felix, of course, eight years older than Lamine Mal Shaka. <laughs> this was his standout performance in a Barcelona shirt, wasn't um, it, that we've seen? Yeah, without question. I, I can't think of a better individual performance by Lamine Yamal um, that we've seen. And we've, we've seen we've seen Lamine for some time now. We've sung his praises. We've spoken about, about his potential. But as a, as a performance, as a total game, I thought this was as good as we've seen. Listen, Ferran Torres will grab the headlines, and, and rightly so. But I thought for large spells, Lamine Yamal simply was unplayable. Betis weren't quite sure what to do with him. They had no answers for him when, when he was in possession. His passing range is, is something just, just to be admired. That, that path for, for, for Torres' hat-trick really was as good a pass as, as, as you will see in this game. And then you have to remind yourself that this kid is 16 years old. If he continues along this trajectory, and I know it's a big ask, all of a sudden Barcelona have a player that they can build things around in, in the long term. We're a long way from that yet. But if he can continue in this kind of form... My, my goodness, what a gem he is. So lots of positives from the game, but maybe a slight negative is the fact that Xavi felt it necessary to bring off Lewandowski with an hour gone in this game, Luis. And then, of course, without him, they go on and win it. How is he going to handle this situation? Well, I guess uh, it's totally true that uh, it was unexpected to see Lewandowski leaving so early on the game. Maybe Xavi uh, thought that um, because of the last game on the... Uh, competition. Uh, he looked tired. He's a, he's a player who we all know is not getting any younger and he cannot play 90 minutes every single game and you need it fresh because there are more, play, more games coming in just uh, three, four days time. So at the end you need to think ahead. Maybe sometimes we, we, we only think about what happened during this game and Xavi thought that maybe bringing uh, Roque at a front he will give something different to the game because he wasn't getting involved. But definitely it's another call of attention to, to mm. because it's not the first time. And we said that when Victor Rocket arrived to Barcelona, it was going to be good for Lewandowski because he's going to have to push and to bring his game uh, a little bit higher uh, to a better standard because this season he hasn't been the, the best for him after seeing what he, he did last year. So I think that it's not because he's not doing the, the, the things right, but... Xavi is telling him, listen, if you're not going to give me goals, if you're not going to give me something extra, i got another one who can give me something more. It's going to be a problem, Stevie. You're 2-2. Yeah. And you take off your star striker. Absolutely, it's a problem. Yeah, I don't, you, can, you can sugarcoat it whatever way you want, if you're Xavi, about resting them and everything else. But the truth of the matter is, his level has dropped recently. Mm -hmm. He hasn't looked the same player. And... As a coach, you can only let that go for a certain period of time. So, yeah, absolutely you should be worried. Barcelona, of course, have one real chance, don't they, of silverware this season. That is the Copa del Rey. We'll be bringing you all four quarterfinals midweek. Uh, Barcelona have a tough old tie there at San Mamés to take on Athletic Club. It starts with Celta against Real Sociedad. Girona, meanwhile, away against Mallorca. Then Thursday, Atletico Madrid take on Struggling Sevilla. All of those games are live on ESPN+. 
passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Liverpool extending their lead to five points at the top of the Premier League table with a comfortable 4-0 victory over Bournemouth. After a scrappy first half, it was Nunez and Jota who stole the show after the break, getting two goals apiece to give Liverpool the win. To welcome in uh, Frank LeBeuf, but let's start show with Liverpool legend Stevie Nicol. Even you can't moan about this, can you? No, no. Bournemouth started the game well, um, which you expect. You know, they're at home, got the crowd behind them, but... After that initial spell, Liverpool looked comfortable. Yep. And to be honest, it was more the weather that was giving Liverpool more problems than Bournemouth. There was a horrible swirling wind. And any footballer will tell you, it's the worst thing that you, 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 don't, you don't want wind. You'll have rain or anything, but wind, it, it affects the passing big time, particularly long passing. So once they had figured that out, come early doors in the second half, then they created the chances, scored the goals and... Yeah, it, it was a comfortable victory. I never felt worried at all. Frank, no Salah, no problem. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nunez and Jota were there and they did the job. But overall, everybody, I mean, uh, like Stevie said, you know, um, the first half wasn't that good, mostly because of the win. Uh, but after they done the job, but everybody was spot on. I mean, I, I found back McAllister as well in the middle of the park. At the back, uh, Van Dijk and Konate were very comfortable. But it's true, at front, uh, Nunez showed and gave us the answer that we were wondering. Uh, we are questioning himself, you know, uh, uh, last week about the fact that he could replace uh, uh, Salah in score goals. And he did. And the fact that Jota came back and showed his skills, even if he's able to make an assist to himself to score a goal. Uh, showed how, how talented he is, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it was it was a one-way traffic uh, game, and uh, the rest did the job comfort comfortably. But I have to say that uh, they they reassure them, themselves about the fact that they can compete with Manchester City. That's a good point. Even if Salas comes back and is injured, uh, they are players who, who are spot on and uh, are ready to. Uh, to do the job for, 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 for Liverpool. You've been critical of the defence throughout the season, Stevie. Mm. Are you seeing improvement there? Yes. I think, I, th I think there's no question Virgil van Dijk is getting close to what he was before his D-op. 
No question. Right. I think him and Kanati. Kanati was good today. He made one incredible tackle in the second half. Although, although it was 3-0 at the time, but it was an incredible challenge. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that pairing in, uh, in central defence has made a huge difference. So, yeah. Yeah, recently they've been solid. Uh, of course, this is a split weekend, wasn't it, for the Premier League. Manchester City played last week. That victory put them up and closed the gap on Liverpool for the moment. But it's still then five points as Jurgen Klopp's side re-establish that lead at the top of the table. How far can they push Manchester City, do you think, Frank? I think I would say I would say further away than uh, than the Gunners last year because they're more experienced. Mm. I think they're ready for it. They know what they have to do, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. You know, yeah, they're five points ahead, but City have one game in hand, and uh, and and City knows how to put the pressure. And uh, it's like when you drive your Formula One car; it's always better when you are just behind and and then wait for the uh, the mistake of the uh, of the one the one at front. And that's what it is. And uh, and City are absolutely ready to wait until the last curve, I would say, to, to get into the, the, the first spot and, and win the title. It's really up to Liverpool how they're going to handle the pressure and are going to be ready to, to fight until the end. It's not going to be easy, but they're capable of doing because they have the experience and the players uh, to, uh, to do so. It's going to be fun, isn't it, Shane? It absolutely will. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm with everybody in, in that. Um, I think Liverpool are far better prepared than, than Arsenal were 12 months ago. The, the other thing to, 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 to Liverpool's well, title challenge this, this time around is they've dealt with injuries and suspensions through midfield. They're dealing with Mo Salah being away at the Africa Cup of Nations. and we, We'll discuss you know, his injury and, and what that means in a longer term. And still this is on top, top of the table. Now, you, you want everything to go well from here on in, but you've kind of survived or not, not just survived but thrived through some of those periods where um, I, I think lesser teams would have crumbled so as a result you, you, you look at, at where you are you look at how you've gotten yourself here um, and keep in mind as, as, as well as I made this point a couple of weeks ago Liverpool probably have more reason more cause for for complaint around VAR and, and some decisions that, that have gone against them that that changes in the second half of the season. Who knows where, where, where we would be? So, without question, I, I think Liverpool, Liverpool are far better than some of their parts. We're just waiting to see City, and we know how good they can be um, in, in the second half and, and in the title running. I think it's interesting, though. The club might have learned something today because he started the game with Nunes on the left. Right. Diaz on the right and Jota through the middle. And as much as we've been saying that they've got options, even though Salah's gone, we weren't sure how, how we would go about it. And in the second half, he switched it and put Nunes through the middle. And they looked completely different. Completely different. So maybe he's learnt something that he needs to stick Nunes through the middle and keep Jota in the wide area. Um, One of my big takeaways from, from this game today is I really want to know what Jurgen Klopp says at halftime. I, I don't think there is a team that can transform during a half-time team talk the way that Liverpool do. How many times have we sat here and thought, well, Liverpool looked average in the first half and then all of a sudden come out in the second yeah. half? And, and that was my takeaway from this. And, and while I, I take Stevie's point that 
apart from Bournemouth's start, it, it, was, it was comfortable. It was comfortable for both teams. And, and, and truth be told, if I'm Bournemouth, I'm thinking I could have gone early break, maybe I, I played a little bit better. But there was no question as to who was the only team out on the park in the second half. And we say this time and time again about, about Jürgen Klopp's Liverpool, which is, is truly amazing. I, I don't know what his secret source is. Uh, meanwhile, Jürgen Klopp revealed that Mo Salah heading back to Liverpool to recover from that muscle strain, which is going to keep him out, we know, for at least two games for Egypt. Yep. However, it's been stated that if he recovers, he will go back for the knockout stages. Reading between the lines, what do we make of this? It's a smart move. Um, the only thing that, if you read it, you know, is that Liverpool want to look after this guy the best way they can. It also means that if you're Egypt, you can concentrate on what's going on in front of you knowing that your star man is getting the best care. Right. And if you're Liverpool, it's great because you can keep an eye on it and you know exactly what, what, what the deal is and where he is physically. So, listen, this is a win-win for everybody. I, I don't think Egypt will be happy with this at all. I, I, what about Steve? It's, it's, yeah. be it's going to be better I, I don't, I don't, If I'm Egypt and I'm sitting in the Ivory Coast, why do I want to let Mo Salah go back to Liverpool? The chances are he's not going to come back. The chances are he's not going to come back. That, that's my thinking sitting there. That he gets there, they're going to no, put pressure no. on him. They're going to put pressure on him to, to not return. I, 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 I think this is still brewing. Go on, Frank. No, I think it suits uh, the three parts. Uh, uh, Salah, because he's going to be treated in a better way, because I think they have all the facilities. Uh, Liverpool, because they have uh, an eye on him and uh, they want to make sure that uh, if he's not ready, he's, gonna go, he's not going to go back. And he suits also the, uh, he also suits, sorry, the, the national team, because uh, uh, they, don't, they are the hotel. They might not have all the... Uh, uh, all the the the, the thing uh, in the gym to uh, to work with Salah and the treatment that he can that he can get uh, that Liverpool has and uh, and make sure that he can comes back if he's fit again. So I don't think it's a it's a one way uh, um, uh, to make sure that uh, he was going to stay at Liverpool. I think if Salah feels good and feels and feels that he can come back to. Uh, to, uh, to, to play the, uh, the African uh, champion, uh, championship, he's going to come back and he's going to go back, sorry, and, and play for Egypt. So I think he's good for everybody. Uh, I don't think Liverpool will have the hand and say, oh, well, you know what? Uh, we want you to stay now. Stay with us. It's better. If Salah wants to go back to, for Egypt and play for Egypt, he's going to go back. Harlan De Bruyne, Stevie and Shepard's Pie, Shaka and Naps, all great teammates. But what's the perfect teammate for growing your business? Well, that's Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify makes it easy for you to show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style with gorgeous, flexible templates and powerful tools. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com FC. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com FC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash FC. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, it suffered only their second league defeat of the season, losing at home 1-0 to Werder Bremen. Thomas Tuchel's side were not at the races today as Werder Bremen took all three points. So what does that all mean? Well, it means Bayer Leverkusen seven points clear of Bayern Munich at the top of the table. What a weekend it has been for Xavi's side. Thomas Tuchel left frustrated. We played as if we were 10 points ahead in the table and had a Champions League game on Tuesday. But with the results of Leverkusen, we have to show a different face. We wanted to start very aggressively and set an example straight away, but we didn't manage to do that at any stage. We shouldn't blame the team, but we have to find solutions. I have to find solutions. This is not our ambition. They were really poor today, Shane. They were awful. There's, there's no other way to put it. Bayern Munich was simply awful. I can remember Harry Kane having two involvements in the game. A shot from the edge of the box that flew over the crossbar. He tried to head one back across the face of goal. Nobody, no one was following in. I cannot tell you what uh, Leroy Sané did probably up until the 70th or 75th minute. I cannot tell you what Kingsley Coleman did up until the, the same time. Um, and it's, it's only when uh, Thomas Tuchel made wholesale substitutions around that 65-70 minute mark that Bayern started to play. Sané and, and Koeman switched sides and all of a sudden Sané started to get on the ball a little bit more. They started to get a, a, a little bit more a little bit more production in, in, the, in the attacking third, but mainly because they had so many attackers on with Tell coming on, Chupamoting later on. Um, why the players were so poor is, is, is beyond me. Why it took Thomas Tuchel so long to change things, even just changing 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 wings between Sani and Coleman something but it just played into Werder Bremen's Werder Bremen's hands and uh, at no point did Bayern look like they were going to score and it was just a matter of time I guess that Werder Bremen got some kind of an opportunity the only thing is Werder Bremen have just been so poor on the road you wondered if they'd run out of steam in fact you were so poor you encouraged them on and, and they get the win that they fully deserved this is a big problem isn't it Stevie when you've got such an experienced side going out there and not playing to win it's tickle that worries me to be honest with you you know I mean this has not been this has not been a juggernaut and then all of a sudden there's a hiccup They've been stuttering along for mm -hmm. pretty much the most, most of the season. And some of, his, some of the things he's said up until now, up until this game, he certainly, to me, hasn't taken any responsibility. All of a sudden he throws in, well, I need to find solutions. It's January. We're in the second part of the season. And you haven't found any solutions all season. So, I mean, part of his, a major part of his job is to make sure that his players start the game correctly. Mm. And the major part of his, his, his job is to pick the right team and play in the right way. And he's been getting it wrong consistently. So, I, I, to me, this guy seems as though he's untouchable. 
He doesn't look as if he doesn't. He doesn't look to me as though he's worried, as if he's in fear of his job or anything else. I get the impression from him that he thinks he's untouchable, and you know, well, I'm the coach. It's actually their fault. I don't know what's going on with this lot. To, That's the impression I get. To, to that point, when he said he needs to find solutions, Bayern were awful from the opening whistle. You know, and, and it's not until they go behind and he, he throws strikers on uh, kind of almost willy-nilly that all of a sudden Bayern start to create chances. That chance in the, what, 92nd or whatever it was from, from Matthias Tell was genuinely Bayern Munich's first good chance of the game. So you're talking about finding solutions. Your solutions can't be throw four up front with 10 minutes to go. You, that, that, that can't be your answer. When you've been that poor for that long, do something before. As, as I said, move Sani and Coleman to, to different ways. Try something. But he did absolutely nothing to that point. So I, I'm, I'm with Stevie in that Thomas Tuchel has to take a lot of the blame for this. Uh, well, Bayern have the chance to bounce back almost straight away as they've got that makeup game midweek as they take on Union Berlin. That game will be live on ESPN Plus at 2.30 Eastern. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Meanwhile, tomorrow, Granada in action against Atleti. That game live on Plus at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, meanwhile, uh, if we move on from La Liga, let's go to Italy, shall we, and see what happened there. Uh, Juventus. Uh, put themselves one point clear of Inter at the top of the table. Inter, though, with that game in hand. Uh, Juventus in the end with a comfortable 3-0 victory over Lecce. Now, for a lot more on what happened in Italy, and indeed, Jules going on about Darwin Nunez and his fantasy team, be sure to check out the latest edition of the Gavin Jules podcast, which will drop tomorrow. Uh, that is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, be sure to stay tuned, though. Extra time is next. Frank returning. Shaka and Stevie, of course, here as well to answer some of your questions. So stay with us.
Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. It is what, five to six Eastern time here on the East Coast of the US, five to midnight oh. in France. So I think we can say it, Frank. Happy birthday to you. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. We get yeah. kick? Oh, we should, he gets to watch us eat cake. We should get a kick and should be. Yeah. Uh, we'll make a, a quick extra time from, shall we? No, Steve, no, let's drag it on. Right. You uh, want you it. You could do it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, as a manager, how would you deal with a striker like Lewandowski? 36 years old, isn't scoring at the same rate last season. Um. Well, it depends where you think he is. Right. If you think it's just a little bit of fatigue and a little bit of lacking a little bit of confidence, then I think you just be frank with him and give him a break and get him back to being sharp. Because if you can get him sharp, then he will score goals. But how can you get him sharp while having a break? Well, because when, he, when you give him the time off, when he comes back, obviously you take a few training sessions, but then that rest will have done, done his muscles and his brain. You know, I think we always forget I always used to say to some of the boys, you know, your soul needs a break as well. Just do nothing. I've well, nothing to do with that's football. Deep. Isn't that deep? That well, it is. Your I, 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 I thought you were going to say sometimes we forget that like, footballers have a brain. Get away somewhere. Forget about football. But they can't. They've got Copa del Rey coming up midweek, then La Liga, then the Champions Ow. League returns. In an ideal world, but you've got to figure a way out. You can't give them advice address. that they can't take. I'm talking in general. Right, right. Well, this is about Lewandowski. I'm talking in general. Specifically. I, 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 you push me into general. I didn't push you into general. I said Lewandowski, then you're resting souls. No, that's... Love that. That's the easy bit of it. Right. That's the problem. But if he's genuinely losing his legs, then where do you go? Yeah. That's that. So that you've got to figure out what it is. If it's just it's a little bit of fatigue, and he needs a little rest. Yeah. Great. But if Love it's that. more than that, wow, you you got a problem. Uh, I'm sure he's a big personality in addressing them. Yeah, Frank, how do you address that as a team from a teammate's perspective? If you see someone like Lewandowski struggling. Or do you dress it at all? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I would go to him and I say, you know what? I saw you playing all, uh, throughout your career, and you have that. You have you have that feeling in your cells, in your in your in your core, and, uh, and you didn't lose it. And you're 36 years old. You're not that old. You are, you're a striker. You last year you had a great season. Suddenly you will have lost it. No, I don't believe that. It's just a. A bad timing, a bad time. Sorry, and uh, and just try to reconstruct yourself and and uh, maybe have a rest if you have the time for that. But uh, I think he needs to uh, to focus a little bit on himself and stop thinking maybe on what people are seeing be, uh, uh, around him and and work on that. But I'm pretty sure Lewandowski can go back to his best because he's not that old and he, he had that like. I would say seven months ago. 36 is quite old, Frank. Yeah. Not as old as you with your new birthday, obviously, but still. <laughs> no. Well, no, but when 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 you see when you see some players, when you see some players like Ronaldo, even if he's not a, a, a bigger a, a, a big league, still scoring goals, feeling it. You see some other players, and we saw Ibrahimovic scoring goals as well, and they it, it were they were like 38, 39. I think it's possible. And again. It's not like we saw Lewandowski dropping little by little every year. Last year, he was at Barcelona, he was scoring goals and he was very 
uh, influential uh, to, uh, to, uh, to the, for the club. And I don't think you lose it like that. Suddenly, you are tired, you can't run, you can't score. No, it doesn't work like that. It goes slowly, but surely, but it goes slowly. Uh, to the Venetia's handball, Shaka, should VAR conversation with referee be public? People deserve to know how VAR convinced referee that it's not a handball. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I, I, initially I didn't think that those conversations should be made public, but more and more I feel like they should. Um, I remember Australia started piloting that, having yeah. publicizing those conversations. And, and I think they, they provide valuable insights into, into why certain decisions were made. No, we still agree with a lot of those decisions, but at least we, at least we know why, how they come to those conclusions. Uh, what did you think of the handball? Did you see it, Frank, the Venetius Jr.? Yes, I, I saw it. I think for me, what is uh, it's clear about what, what they want to say about the sleeve and whatever is the shoulder or the, the arm. What I didn't like about Vinicius Jr. is the movement that he makes towards the ball. Like he wants to hit the ball. For me, it gives me the, the feeling that uh, it's a handball and, and it's not clear that it's above the, the mark that they say uh, where it's not handball and where it's an handball. I would have said in handball for me. And I want to go back to the West Ham game. And I saw the segment where Shaka was able to betray his uh, uh, goalkeeper's union uh, yeah. by saying that Areola wasn't handballed by the players. For me, it was clearly handball. And you know, I showed it the action to my wife, but which, who doesn't know what a penalty is. She knows nothing. And when she saw the action, she said, what do you think, uh, love, about that? And she said, wow, why the guy hits the goalkeeper with his elbow? And I say, well, you know what? That's what I think. But when I see Shaka now saying that it wasn't a foul, what, say, what a betrayal, Shaka. Wow. I'm, hey, so, wow. I'm so disappointed. Wow. Wrong. There you are. Well, you it's sure. a betrayal. You are upsetting That's Frank so on, on his, officially now his yeah, birthday. Now we're through a pass. What are you going to do today, Frank? That's my birthday. That's my day today. So, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Do? What? Gonna rest his soul. Just watch the 98 final over oh, and over again. Do I don't know. <laughs> like every other day. There is my wife next to the camera. There is my wife right now next to the camera dancing and, and chanting happy birthday right oh. now. And I don't know, she has maybe a surprise for me. Um, <laughs> I will see tomorrow when I'm going to wake up. We'll oh, see. Uh, hey, nice, Frank. That's very good. Don't start, Stephen. Uh, right, Stevie, is Virgil van Dijk the main sign that Liverpool is back after an off-season? He seems restored to his best after he looked dejected and absent of mind ever since the injury. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, OK, what, good. What, what name is that? What's that? Three points, body spree. But it's Stevie Nichol. There we go. Still the, the still the winning is the deodorant. Oh, the yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very <laughs> <There you> good. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got it. I would have got it. No, that's yeah. fantastic. Oh god. Stevie, is Dan an underrated pundit? Time and time no, again, he's proven to get his predictions spot on. Even what? Even with the exact score, maybe Dan should be taken more seriously, Stephen. Yes, yeah? I believe so too. Where does that come from, Mrs. Thomas? Oh, 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 she would. <laughs> She'd be on Stevie's side. Oh, what a different me. world it would be. Oh, imagine you hosting, asking me oh, questions. See, well, you want to sit here? No. No, no, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy. What is Dan's Buddha account? Uh, very happy. Uh, for Stevie, best finisher. But Dan. Yes, my love. Dan. Yes. Dan, I, 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 are you... I, 
Are you uh, are you considered as a pundit? I thought you were an anchorman. Exactly, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a presenter, but because I'm so what? Because I'm so brilliant in predicting the right results, the tweet was suggesting that I am a better pundit than most we have on. But uh, there we are. That's, that's their so, opinion. Oh, so, so you have the right. You have the right to ask your wife to send some emails to uh, to ESPN. Denise would do that. <laughs> Denise sends me all the abuse. Uh -huh. um, Stevie, best finisher out of the four. Jota, Salah, Suarez, Fowler. Fowler. Right, not even, not a doubt. Oh, Fowler. <sighs> Fowler. Yeah. That was a great finisher. Yeah. Yeah, Salah, yeah, Fowler. Fowler. Yeah. Fowler. Fowler, out of all of them, is the most natural. Yeah. By some way, I would say. Fowler scored against you, Shaq, Oh, many a time. Yes. Many yeah. a time. Yeah. Who didn't? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dan didn't. Well, Dan didn't. <laughs> uh, Frank, did you and Fowler cross paths? I'm sorry, did I what? Did you cross paths with Robbie Fowler? I'm trying to think. Did yeah, he would have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robbie Fowler played for Liverpool. Oh, he's getting yeah, old. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I love Robbie Fowler. I couldn't understand his English because he's cows and I don't understand a word of what he's saying. But I loved the player, and he was a great player. He was a great guy to. Uh, he was a gentleman on the field. When he finished, was hard, and he was a very good finisher. I loved Fowler like I love Steve McManaman. Who, huh? who doesn't? Yeah, do, you know, do you know what separates them? Every goal. I don't remember ever seeing a goal Fowler scored that he actually looked as though he was trying. Right. It's just all natural. It just. It just flowed. He just always flowed was never trying too hard, he just had it. So who was the most clever player you played with during your career? But there's a little twist to this, someone who did similar things like what Tony did before he took his free kick. Sneaky. <laughs> you know, before, before we get to that, this yeah. Ivan Tony thing has made a bit muse. Well, I was Why very disappointed when I saw the actual footage because I didn't see the game, and I was like, "Wow, he must have moved the ball miles." I, right? I, I, <laughs> just I was looking at that and thinking, oh, miles. How's <laughs> how's that miles? How's this become so? <laughs> People used to do that all the time. Yeah, all the time, and now all of a sudden it's a big debate as to whether it was legal. Huh. People do that all. I'm like, I. I Anyway, sorry, I just had to get that no, out of no, my chest. No, no, that's fine. That's a, that's had to get it out of my chest. There you go. I think it's because he used the foam as well. Move the foam. People are upset about that. I, oh, God. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right. Um, uh, uh, sneaky player springs. Yeah, everybody would do stuff. Everyone was sneaky. Everybody would yeah. yeah. Everyone would push the, push the envelope. Yeah. Frank, you agree? I agree on what? Yeah, yeah. Was it that sneaky? I didn't see the actions. So okay, I talk perfect. About well done, Frank. Uh, yeah. You yeah, brought yeah. your A game. Like, no, it wasn't that yeah. sneaky. I, I, played, I, I don't know. I was. I knew. I knew a player. He was really good at that. Was Dan Petrescu. I love watching the guy. You know, being a little bit sneaky, and he was very clever, very smart about it. I love Dan. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, thank you, Frank. Those Dan's are sneaky, I've found. Dan's Dan. Yeah. Uh, right. Stevie, final question. Uh, what world does Liverpool wear kits with green stripes? Oh, what world? Yeah, green stripes? It was mine. Uh, how would you describe? No. No. I don't. Uh, listen, in the realms of green, 
that's one of the best strips. Right. You had the green I candy. Had the, had a lot of green strips. It oh, was right. an Adidas, and right. it was rotten. Right. And not only was the strip rotten, but we couldn't win a game with it either. Oh, damn. It was horrendous. I hated it. Oh, excuses. Horrible. Oh. Uh, there you go. Uh, well, happy birthday to you, Frank. We're going to let you go now because... Bon anniversaire. I don't know if you've watched any football this weekend, uh, so that's it. Uh, ESPN FC will be back tomorrow. <laughs> be sure to join us. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a vacant look Frank, a bit. Oh, no, I think, I think it's frozen now. It's frozen now. It's like, put the plug. I'm gone. <laughs> I've had enough of this. What a vacant look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, until then, goodbye. <laughs>